I can think of only one thing that could lift my spirits right now. Beer. 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 This is Drink of Ages on ESPN 97.5. The only show dedicated to craft beer, spirits, and music. Here's your host and luminary, luminary. John Denman. John Denman. All right, welcome everybody to this week's episode of Drink of Ages Radio Show here on ESPN 97.5. I'm John Denman. Tom Painter, my very sore co-host, is here. Yeah, it's very sore. <laughs> that was... It, uh, what, what's 26 miles on an, on an easy day, right? So, yeah, we should say that uh, this is uh, one of these special shows. We're out and about. We're actually in New York City. We are. Currently in Brooklyn. The, uh, just did the marathon yesterday. You did. You did. And we were doing our own marathon, bar hopping. But yes, Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. I woke up a little sore today. <laughs> yes. Probably not quite as bad as yours. But no, congratulations on that, man. That's a pretty awesome feat. Uh, it was a whole lot of fun. You know, this is the, the way the city did this whole thing was pretty amazing because it covers all five boroughs, 26.2 miles, and you end up in Central Park. Yeah. That's amazing. And just, like, the way the city comes out and supports everything. And There was a lot, a lot of cheerleaders on the side. Yes. And this has kind of been – so a few years ago, we came here to Brooklyn – to go to Brooklyn, like brewing, and that's where kind of, for me, the idea of running the New York City Marathon began, and then we visited other half, like like at the time, and so as it goes, we're here at other half. We're back brewing. at other <laughs> half brewing. Yeah. Yes, uh, a lot of people in Houston, a lot of people that listen to the show, they're definitely familiar with this place because I see, you know, post about it all the time, and a lot of people you know come from Houston and different areas up here, and this is always like a big stop. And so we're happy to hang out. Our guests, Jerez Ramirez and Anthony Finley. What's going on, fellas? What's going on? What up? What's cracking? Man, uh, happy Monday. Happy good Monday, <laughs> right? What else would we rather be doing except for having some pints? Uh, <sighs> sleeping. Sleep. <laughs> I mean, I was thinking beach, but you know, <laughs> it's New York City. It's not much of a possibility right now. Whenever, whenever we're flying over, though, I don't know exactly where we were because, uh, like, I slept on, I sleep on the airplane, and so I woke up like twenty minutes before we landed, and I looked down, and there was a nice beach, and oh, that's, that's, that's a couple. You're probably, probably coming off of Long Island. It could have been a number of places. You could be out in like Nassau, or Suffolk, at like Gilgo Beach, Robert Moses, Long Beach, um, Atlantic Beach, and then there's the Rockaways, and I mean, if, from above. You know, Brighton Beach, Manhattan Beach, and Coney Island look real nice, too. <laughs> That's from above. From though. above. <clears throat> In person, it's not the same. Shout out to Coney Island, though. <laughs> uh, man, I haven't made it out there yet, but, you know, I mean, it's, it's legendary, right? Yeah, it's Let's a lot. Just put it on the list. A lot of, lot of history out there. Nathan's Hot Dogs. Mm-hmm. Totono's Pizza. That's the spot. You got to go when it's warm out because they only the open cycle. up when they want to. Break yeah. some ribs on the cyclone. Yeah, go ride that rickety ass roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you might die. It's not on us. Yeah. That's the waiver. That's yeah, exactly. But man, those are the best roller coasters, though. In all honesty, where you're like, you know, we just might die. Yeah, there's that. There's the the Wonder Wheel, which is like the Ferris wheel that has the cars that that slide while you're in them. They turn and they're on a track and they slide while the while it's turning. So. Oh man, it's pretty gnarly, but pretty fun. Sounds like it. Yeah, I mean, uh, other half, 
you guys, like I said, have been making making waves, man. I mean, the fact that I uh, hear about you from a, a lot of different places, not just in, in Texas and Houston, but you know, you, you guys do a bunch of collaborations with a lot of breweries around, and man, it's just you guys really hit the. I mean, like the first time I came here, I think I came here with you because the Brooklyn visit, and then like two, and there was like you know, I'm looking at the beer wall. There's like there's all these beers. I remember taking this picture, being like, like like of the menu, and then two weeks later, like I come back and I'm looking at the menu with um, like with Garrett, uh, one of the owners of uh, No Label, this brewery I work at. The uh, and he was like, he's like, oh, these beers look awesome. And I was like, yeah, but this menu is completely different from two weeks ago. How is this possible? Yeah. The, uh, and, and, um, but yeah, you guys seem to like do like a lot of co- like what? So what? What's? I mean, so I don't know like really any, like where did other half come from? Like what's the? So I mean, other half was uh, the brainchild of two of the three main owners, and then the third owner was close friends with one of them, and he also helped make it run, and he actually helps run it day to day now. Um, Sam, who is the brewmaster, and kind of comes up with all the recipes and a lot of the concepts for all that. Uh, he was the head brewer at Kelso slash Greenpoint Beer Works, which they had the brand Kelso, and then there was these places called Heartland Brew Pubs, and they contracted for people too as well. And he was a head brewer over there for six years, but he was out in the Pacific Northwest before that for like another 12 years almost. Um, while he was at Kelso... He made a decision he wanted to open up his own thing, and um, Matt, who's one of the other partners, ended up was a chef, had met, and then started working for him at at, uh, at that brewery, and they decided together to, to make that plan to open up the brewery. Um, and then in January, January 2014, it opened, but they had got the space about two years prior to that. It just... You know, dealing with Department of Buildings, all yeah. the other, all the other various agencies in the city that are kind of a huge pain in the ass, which is pretty much universal in most cities across America, to get a brewery open. It took them about two years to get it open. A lot of construction was done and demo work was done with them by hand. Yeah. Um, and you know, they finally got it open. It started brewing January 2014, and this OG tap room that we're sitting in right now opened up in May of 2014. Um, yeah, and then they functioned out of this tap room for the first three and a half years. It's a small tap room. Yeah, so this was <laughs> where it. We, where, we're, where we are right now, I mean, if you've been here, then you know that there's a much larger tap room that everybody goes in and hangs out, tables, stuff like that. Yeah. But we're right next door to that. Yeah, it was, it's, it's really small, but we were under. So when we first opened up in May, as of May, you were only allowed to serve full-size pours of beers that fell under the Farm Brewers Act, which I think it was 30% of, or somewhere around that, of your ingredient bill had to be farmed in New York State in order for you to serve full-size pours of it. Other Uh than that, you could only serve samples, and there was a limited amount of ounces that you could serve. Um, The New York State Brewers Guild, shout out to them, pushed really hard uh, because there are a lot of other breweries aside from ours and the Open Threes was already in the works. Um, Finback was already, and there was a lot of breweries that were in the works already around the same time. And New York State Brewers Guild saw that. There was a lot of breweries opening up upstate as well. And they knew that, that you know, it, was a, it was an ambitious bill, which is still helpful to this day to, to a lot of local farmers and everything's kind of happening upstate. But for breweries of a certain volume, it's just not realistic to get the quality of grain, the amount of grain, um, 
available all the time that you need to fall under that percentage. And so they worked hard, and then a bill was passed that anything that you produced in-house in your, for your company in, in New York State, you could serve a full portion that, of. That honestly, I mean, it's, yeah, it's a great thing for the farmers, but it was very short-sighted. Yeah. <laughs> it is, but I don't, I don't think that, uh, you know, as most politicians, I think everywhere across any state, don't really, th- they're not in touch with everything that's actually happening with the things that they make decisions on. Wait and a minute. Hold on a second. <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> and I think that, you know, I, I, like I said, I think it was a very good thing for the farmers and it does help them, which is important. Um, but they didn't round it out enough to give other, other, other things within it as well. But, you know, the New York State Brewers Guild still, I said, pushed hard and it got done and it, it helped everybody. It helped breweries everywhere and it was, it was a really good thing. Beer laws are wonky. You know, in Texas... It's only in the past two years have we been able to actually sell beer to go out of breweries. Yeah. But it's just, this is like, it's like, welcome to the party. I mean, I went to, I went to Creature Comforts for the first time about like six years ago in Georgia. And they had, you, you basically had to get a tour to consume any beer. Like you had to get a tour and then there was a limited amount of ounce that you could. I don't think they were allowed to sell certain things out of the door. It's just weird. But I mean, that's, I think. I mean, there's states everywhere. There's, there's states that still have crazy laws. Uh, New Jersey like kind of has something similar, right? Yeah, yeah New Jersey does you also. You have to give a tour. So uh, I think a couple of breweries uh, are, like, making – have a sign on top somewhere, like, oh, this is where this tank goes. And this, like, yeah, just a little self-walking yeah. tour. Yeah. Again, just, like, not very, you know – it is a business for states that bring in a lot of money now, and – it's to me. I think that that's the most concerning thing. It's like these these things. A lot, a lot of them are also in the pockets of. And this is on all states. These are like there's been research done everything. A lot of the state politicians in a lot of places are in the pockets of the distributors. So distributors kind of help or push them towards laws that are beneficial to them, and not beneficial to the breweries that open up. Yeah. Yeah. So. Texas is very similar. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's every, it is, the laws are written by distributors, basically. I mean, people forget how much of beer sales. Like, I mean, yeah, craft beer has exploded everywhere in the world, actually. But people forget how much, still percentage-wise, that macro and major company beers, the sales are as big as brewery as people think breweries are. They're always above. Like, I mean, it, they're it's changed a lot, but they're still above like seventy-five percent of the entire market. Easily, so. yeah. With with I don't know what six thousand breweries compared to three or four. Yeah, yeah, six thousand breweries. <laughs> but own. those three, I think those those three or four breweries own the, yeah. all their facilities all over the country. They own like thousands. <laughs> it's crazy. They own thousands of breweries. I mean, I've met people that work for these macro companies, and they literally have breweries that just do R and D research that nobody knows exists. And these beers that they, these people make never see the light of day. They just like sit there. They they make get all this paid. beer. They get paid. They get paid a lot. Of, yeah. They get paid more money than they do at craft breweries, mm-hmm. and they produce this beer. You know, most of the places are functioning on like fifteen to thirty barrel systems, and it just never sees a lot of days. When I found this out, I was completely astonished. Not surprised. Not but surprised, like, but yeah, still like that, wow, that's so crazy. That does exist. Well, I mean, it, those big breweries like InBev throw out so much. There's a there's a brewery in Houston, Carbach uh, Brewing, that InBev was, owns. The, uh, and uh, so essentially it's like when there's sub-brands. But one of our – there's a guy we used to work with, and then 
he went off to do marketing over there and he's like, oh man, we got a social media manager. We have a media design manager. Yeah. We have a blah, blah, blah. Yeah. We have one guy that doesn't do anything. <laughs> I was like, what? what, 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 what all this, like, we, all we have is Janus. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I could see that as a, as a company grows, I could see them adding stuff. I know that we added a, a social, a marketing manager now. And, <laughs> and we also have a couple of other managers per location where we only had like one, like overseeing a few of them. Yeah. But as we open up a new location, like more positions open so up. You, yeah, so you guys open up what, a DC location? Yeah, we have a, uh, right now we have four that are currently open, fully open right now, uh, which is uh, the one that you're at, which is the OG and Center Street. Yeah. We have one in, uh, in Domino Park, which is uh, a basically an R&D facility, uh, which where Anthony also brews at. He's here this week, but he's brewing over there primarily. Um, Finger Lakes, uh, that's up in uh, like in Bloomfield area of Finger Lakes, and we have our DC one, which is in Ivy City, DC, and we're opening up uh, our Philly location, which is in Fishtown. We took over the talking about a a b and Beth. We took over the Goose Island Brew Pub in Fishtown. You did? Yes, correct. That's a nice, nice location. Yeah, it's a beautiful location. Yeah. Uh, with where. Um, we're looking to open up within the next month. Yeah, congratulations. Uh, yeah. Congratulations. That's pretty ama- that one's pretty amazing. You guys are getting yourself quite the footprint. Um, we also <laughs> have uh, Rockefeller Center. Uh, we have a, currently we have a, a pop-up in the plaza uh, between uh, 48th and 49th Street. Uh, right, so where the Christmas tree is, uh, it's right across the street. So it's, it's pretty beautiful down there. Yeah, and not then, a bad place to be. Yeah, and our brick and mortar opens up within uh, also same around the same time for Rockefeller yeah Rockefeller Center and that one's that one's beautiful too like the area location is prime uh, you know like everyone is very tourist friendly so you guys have had like tremendous amount of growth in like a short period of time oh yeah during the pandemic we opened up two locations and uh, like basically we're still in the pandemic so we're going to open up four locations. Yeah. I mean, those locations were in plannings for a while. DC, yeah. DC was about two, almost two and a half years in planning before it opened up during the pandemic. Now, are these tap rooms or are these just... Prom- all of them All of them are tap rooms. Uh, Rockefeller will be the only one that doesn't have a brew system in it. Oh. So well, every place else has, oh, has, a, has a, some kind of brewing kit. And in Buffalo it. as well. Oh, Buffalo also, yeah. Buffalo won't have a brew system either. Yeah. That, that's, that is some past... Uh, impressive growth. Yeah. The, the word is aggressive. Aggressive. <laughs> it, it is. It's also going where the demand is. I mean, the Rockefeller thing came about because we had the opportunity to do a pop up there. There was Rockefeller Center has a, like a little weird like, um, it's like a German or a French truck, like old like delivery truck that they have that operates as a pop up, and so we're able to operate out of that during the summer, per summer in the pandemic, and. Um, they just, it did really well. We had a lot of customers that have been regulars of ours for a long time. They can't always make it to Brooklyn, whether they live in Manhattan, they live in the Bronx, they live in Jersey, they live upstate. And if they're already down, it's just really easy for them to get there. And so that's kind of the idea. The we had a, one, right? Yeah, Rockefeller. We had a lot of people making yeah. a request for that. And then the upstate one kind of came, the Finger Lakes kind of came about the same way initially. They... 
we had a lot of people that were coming down originally and as the lines got really long or just as time went on people couldn't make a five or six hour trip which completely understandable but there was a huge demand and we did several events up there and the events did really well we had a lot of people asking if we would ever open something up up there and then somebody told us about a brewery that closed uh the owners went and checked it out and it was a great price for a great space and they just you know they were like okay we'll, we'll do it. it you know take the you do you know he's always doing what the customers want. Like that's really all locations kind of come about. That Philly was a market that we didn't send beer to for years. We had some issues with distribution there, from us sending beer there once and then had huge issues. And it's, Philly's also a huge beer market. They've been one of the more they've been one of the bigger beer markets in the East Coast for a long time over yeah. a lot of other cities and have a longer history of it. And another woman that opportunity came up. Um, it was good. The DC one was kind of a demand thing, but also two of the owners are from down there, so that I was going to ask that, like, like, why DC? Um, you know, I, I, there was a demand. There was a big demand in Maryland and Virginia for sure. I mean, DC is not a massive city itself. Uh, people have definitely been embracing in DC, uh, but Maryland and, and Virginia have definitely, you know, that's, that's where a lot like, of what is the like. footprint of, of DC. I mean, it's the footprint of the city itself is small. Yeah. But there's some really good breweries out there, though. For sure. Yeah, right. Proper DC Brow, Three Stars. You know, there's there's a lot of cool stuff going on going on in that city. So even outside too. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, in the DMV area, we have there's some pretty amazing people. Yeah. We tried Ocelot, was pretty good. Yeah, um, Ocelot was really good. The Sapwood stuff. I mean, yeah. it's not really DMV, but all of, like further up in North in Maryland, we went out. To, I went out to Kushwa. They were really cool. Had some really good beers. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the tap room experience now is not just these specific beers. It's 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 these beers plus maybe this food plus you know this other experience now that that you can do at, in the tap room. Uh, it's, it's not just your normal. Yeah. Our our first uh, brewery that's actually gonna have food with it. It's gonna be our Philly location. Oh, nice. So that's going to be a change of pace for all of us. We're still outsourcing it to somebody because running a kitchen sucks. Yes. <laughs> that's the easiest way. <laughs> all right, uh, we're all out of beer. So let's take a break, and we get back. We'll talk more with the other half. Jarrett and Anthony, they are our guests. This is Drink of Ages Radio here on ESPN 97.5. We'll be right back. Pot wannabes, I'm back like collarbones, sweep like nightfall juice into the head like phones. My topic, Franklin Benjamin's, the Bill Green printed. World cold for the cash and demented. I meant it like a treasury. I led the state of mill. Most rappers say Weekends are a great time to check out Megaton Brewing in Kingwood. Jared, Chris, and the gang have created a badass place to kick back and enjoy a few beers. Big stouts, approachable sours, and plenty of hoppy brews are on tap at Megaton. Lots of space to hold your birthday party, corporate outing, or any event in one of the most unique tap rooms in the Houston area. Check them out on social media for their concert and event schedule. Megaton Brewery. Hope to see everyone at the vault. You may have noticed there have been quite a few changes at No Label, and they are steadily pumping out tasty brews. With their new head brewer trailer bringing in his West Coast brewing skills, taps have been flowing with lots of hoppy deliciousness like Cali Boy West Coast IPA. I'm real excited about what they're doing on the West Side. Top Room is open seven days a week, very family and dog friendly. Make the short trip to Katie and see what is happening at No Label. Follow them on social media for events and beer releases. No Label Brewing Company. 
QT Wellness, our friends down in Dickinson, is where you need to go if you're feeling sluggish, non-energetic, and non-motivated, not just when you're hungover. Get to know your numbers. As we get a little older, our hormone levels change, men and women. QT Wellness can help. Weight loss, hormone optimization, low testosterone, B12, Botox, and more. Stop in and tell them that you heard it on Drink of Ages and get a free B12 shot. KTWellness.com. Why not feel your best again? KTWellness.com. The most fun and good times beer fest is back happening November 11th through the 13th at Katie Mills Mall featuring multiple stages of live music, food trucks, multiple party zones, and of course, lots of beers to try. Over 600 if we are counting. VIP is where you want to be, but general admission is still a great time. Get your tickets today for Wild West Brewfest November 11th by going to wildwestbrewfest.com, one of the premier brewfests in the country, wildwestbrewfest.com. Come on. Yeah. Uh. All right, we are back to the Ring of Ages radio show. I'm John Denman, Tom Painter. We are hanging out in Brooklyn, New York. Over at Other Half, our guests, Jared Ramirez and Anthony Finley. Uh, what are we drinking now? Uh, this one is uh, Citrachroma, so it's full Citra hops. This was brewed over at our... Finger Lakes facility, upstate. It's so. a sessionable 7%. <laughs> 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 yeah. Let me double check. It's definitely the Chroma series is like, it's like the lower ABV for us. <laughs> Somewhere I think like 6.5 6. or 6.5, right? Yeah. Something like that, yeah. So we talked a lot about how you guys have a lot of like like tap rooms and like stuff like that. But like, so what's your, what's your to like, did you guys do distro or... We we do. It's a little bit different everywhere, but for the most part, we can do self-distro everywhere. So we started off in New York City. We're allowed to do self-distro. So we have our own sprinter vans. We have our own trucks. We have our own delivery guys. We do yeah. it all of our own delivering to bars and restaurants. Um, we expanded to Jersey yeah. now. Jersey, we can self-distribute to a limited capacity, but we can do it. Um, I remember the first time John and I came here, like, we're walking up to the, we thought we were coming up to the main, or here, right? And then, yeah. like, but you guys were pushing out to go. Yeah, there was here. a whole line of people. We're like, oh, is that the line to get in? But no, it was just people in line <laughs> just, just to buy beer. <laughs> just to buy beer, like, take home. They were all just like, yeah, that pick was, it up, take it, it home. It used to be, there was a point for a few years where the lines were really crazy. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we sell D.C., we can self-distro into Maryland, but we can't self-distro into Virginia. Virginia is the state that you have to go to the three-tier system. So you got to go through somebody else. Um, Pennsylvania is the same thing. is a three-tier state as well. So we, I, I'm not really sure how that's going to work. There's loopholes in some of the states. In some of the states, there's not. New York is a very... New York has really good laws as far as distribution laws. So you guys have... I mean, just because of the air, the area of the country that you're in, there's all these states that are so like you know the original thirteen colonies, as it were. Yeah. But like there's all the, you know, and all these places have different beer laws, and you got to navigate through all. Massachusetts of them. has some crazy beer laws. <laughs> we have difficulty getting beer into Massachusetts. We we really don't send beer into Massachusetts much at all, honestly, just because some of their laws. I mean, that's it. Sucks because we have customers that are like, oh, why don't you? It's like we can't. And friends over there too. That yeah. Do type takeovers. We have a lot of friends. I mean, we've gone up. We've done collaborations with Trillium with and with Vitamin C, and we want to bring beers when we go up there, but we can't. You know, because that's like a thing for us. Whenever we go places to do events, um, we can do tap takeovers, which is crazy because there's I've done tap takeovers in Iceland. I've done tap takeovers in Ireland. 
um, done tap takeovers in Estonia, but we can't do a tap takeover in Massachusetts. Three uh, hours, three hours away. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty wild. It's pretty, it's pretty wild. Yeah, but you know, Japan. Again, we've done one in Japan too. Can't do one in Massachusetts. Though, so, so you guys have done like, co- like collab releases like around the world. Yeah. So how does that happen? <laughs> um, basically, you meet. It's all about for for us. It was really about meeting people through the events mostly. Yeah, uh, you go to you get invited. You know, you got invited to one festival, and then you meet somebody there, and then they invite you to another festival. And we, after doing a few of them, we just kept meet, meeting people from all over the place. And you know, you kind of hang out with people, and you have a good time with them, spend time with them, and you like, you know what, this is cool. You're cool. Like, you guys make good beers. Let's let's make a beer together. You yeah. end up. You also end up like. So we make. We have two festivals. We have uh, two big festivals. Sorry. We have one uh, Green City that happens over the summer. Okay. That one is uh, I, mostly IPA focused, with uh, with some wrestling involved as well. And uh, okay. I mean, both our festivals have wrestling involved in them. I mean, might as well. And it's it's pretty epic. Uh, and then we have another one called Pastry Town that we would do over the winter. We used to. Uh, have it in March, but we pushed it up to November now, so it's actually on Saturday of this week. It's going to be pretty epic. It's uh, it's this week. Yeah, it's uh, John. We <laughs> need to stay here. <laughs> it's a festival focused on pastry stouts and adjunct sours, and uh, again, it's the same same concept as a collaboration. We we invite we invite people that we have tried their beers or that we personally know that makes these style of beers yeah. and have them come in. You know, it's always focused on, on building relationships. I know that Anthony and I, when we travel, like our main focus is building relationships and making sure that our hospitality background like counteracts with like how we, how we interact with all the people. You know, like I believe that um, meeting all these people has made the culture of beer like even greater right now absolutely yeah, yeah it does i mean it, and it's just no matter where you go in the world you know you stop by a brewery and you know, there's a certain mindset of people that own and work at breweries yeah they're all they're all pretty similar uh, a certain amount of facial hair yeah a certain amount of facial, <laughs> yeah. a certain amount of muscle for, for sure yeah. there's there's definitely a general look for a lot i would say but what i do like about breweries is it's a lot of different people from a lot of different walks of life. I did, excuse me, I did a lot of traveling for a lot everywhere. of it, and I spent a lot of time with a lot of other brewery people. And man, these people I hung out with, there's no way in the world I ever would have hung out with them aside from like us all being into beer and working in beer. And you know, it is, it's kind of crazy. Like the fact that, you know, I'm not gonna sit here and lie and say that, that that beer is the most diverse thing in the world, but there is a lot of different personalities and a lot of different people from from different walks of life. And as that continues to grow, you continue to see more more people coming into it that weren't into it before that didn't have access to it or didn't see it or didn't understand it. Just didn't even it. know it existed. Just didn't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, and I think that that has to do a lot with also, like I said, like owners. Like, you go to certain breweries and like their customers got into craft beer because of them. They could have been a local person that everybody knew, and these people don't know anything about beer at all. They don't give a shit about beer. But then they started going to this brewery, and it made them got in a brewery, all because this person is somebody that locally is important to them, where someplace else is like, 
this person's been a brewer their whole life and this is their thing and they're, and they're doing it and it's only beer people going there and like some locals get into it that aren't, but that's it. And there's, you know, there's a lot of different situations in each yeah. brewery. Um, I mean, there's like craft beer tourism too is like, it's, yeah. I mean, it's huge now. Like people like, it's great. like, like what breweries are, are in this area? Like, like John and I were in Costa Rica, like go find some Costa Rican, like, like Oh, there's like a, a, there's a couple person. of them out there. Yeah. Yeah. They've been, they visited us here. And I believe uh, a good, like a good friend of mine went down there and visited a few of them too. So I know that Costa Rica has some great breweries. Uh, Brazil has amazing breweries Columbia too. Has Columbia, some good well, Mexico just, City, it's Mexico so, City, yeah. Panama. It's like, it's like a lot. they come Panama here and visit. Panama has one of the largest beer festivals in the world. Yeah, we's a, there's a young lady who comes here who used to work at a brewery. She actually she just went back to Panama. She had moved up here for a while, but she worked at a brewery down there, and she was telling me about the Panamanian. Um, the Pan the Panamanian beer scene, and uh, like it's it's pretty popping out there. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I need to find out when that festival is. Casa Bruja, is that one I think? Yeah, Casa Bruja, yeah. Yeah, Brujo, Bruja. I like to I like to stop by breweries when I'm on vacation with the family, but it's usually like limited time. Limited time. Very limited. Or it's time. like, hey, you guys drop me off, pick me up in a little while. Yeah, <laughs> y'all gotta do whatever you want. Yeah. Because yeah, the kids and the wife. You ever like, just really, go for a brewery? walk? Just go yeah. for a walk. I just wake up. And, yeah. Do you just wake up earlier and just go for a walk and be like, hey, come back at five o'clock? Exactly. Like, honey, look what I bought you. It's fine. Well, I mean, if John and I are around, it'll be like, it's like, hey, we're going to go to this brewery. And it's like, and his wife will be like, oh, John, you're going to have like one or like two. It's going to be one or two, Kelly. John, that's like, five, that's like five or six. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know me. <laughs> Luckily, she doesn't listen to this. As long show. as you keep refilling the same cup, but, it's still one. But, but, it's still it, one. But, it, but it's nice, whether it's like Costa Rica or whether it's. It's like, or whether it's Dublin or what, like, or wherever yeah. you are, like, you go to a brewery, it smells a certain way, it looks a certain way, and you sit in a chair, and you're like, what's the best? I feel at home. Anthony, what's the best brewery you've visited, like, outside of the U.S. or or inside? You know what? Inside too. Oh, man, don't say Oma oh Gang. Oh, <laughs> I've never, I've never been on Oma oh Gang. Oh, okay. It's sacrilegious that for how long I've been in a beer in New York, I've never been. They would have this festival called Belgium comes to Cooperstown and I never went. Every year something went wrong right before that I couldn't go. Just Somebody plan on going on. and you'd like to go. Oh literally every year something something like I got in like a car accident one time, like some something else came Curse. up one other year. It's just like every year it was something yeah. that came up that I couldn't go. But best brewery that I visited, I mean one of my favorite breweries to visit still is um Green Bench. I love the diversity of beers. It's warm mm -hmm. weather because it's in St. Petersburg in Florida. Um, it's not far from the beach. They have a really cool setup. They have, like, the bar, the main bar or the OG bar that they have has windows that, like, look into the brew house. And then they have big open windows on, on the opposite side of the bar that look out to the street. Mm -hmm. And then they opened up. They bought the building next door. And they built this place called Web Cellar in there that does all like sour bottles. And it's where their sour facility and their and their barrels are all are all housed. They do ciders in there, and they have like Just a small amount of barrels. They have cool. They have cool. <laughs> no, Chris. Chris really. Chris really set it up like in a way that he wanted to have that way like to utilize the the building because the building isn't massive. It's big, but it's not massive. But in that space, again, like beautiful bar. Big windows that look out. The space in between, they put down like you know, like fake grass, and you just kind of hang out outside of there. And they said his tap list could be like, you know, like a 
traditional like smoke German lager, great pills, and then I'll have a hazy IPA, and then I'll have a dope stout on or something, and then he has all the wild and crazy sours, the ciders that he does. It's just it's it's a, it's like a good list, well rounded. All the beers are yeah. good, and the experience is just really good. Plus, it's a banging ass Cuban spot yeah, across the street from that couple day. That's it's what I say, man. There's there's just a lot of other things to do in that little town. Yeah. It, yeah, it is a fun place to be. It's it's just it's one of the better experiences for me like i could sit there and drink all day there and i and i really enjoy it i really um in the uk uh cloud waters tap room once they got it done was really really a, a really good experience also like the way that he built out the inside of it it's really comforting like place to sit and he also makes great beers and has a good um diversity of styles in there as well where are they uh crack crack brewing crack brewing in italy is one of the most beautiful bar setups. He bought like all this. Uh, what part of Italy? Um, it's it's just outside of Padova, which is like um, kind of northeastish. It's like not. It's like twenty minutes from Venice. So nice. Um, but they built this really beautiful tap room with like all like they found all this like stuff in thrift stores, like pool tables, couches, like the lighting, everything. And again, they just have a really diverse beer setup. They have this beautiful um, part of the bar. It's, it's really tall ceilings and the whole wall is like kind of glass and it looks into a barrel room also. I just like that whole aesthetic. Um, here actually upstate, uh, Drownlands, which is just like about two, about an hour, an hour and a half upstate. They have a beautiful tap room, really good tap list. For me, it's gotta be like the sync up of, um, of like diversity of beer styles and a beautiful like scenery and setup is probably to me what makes a really good tap room and a good staff, obviously, that I'm not walking yeah. walking out like. The the aesthetics of a brewery can can definitely, like like make make it make a difference in terms of where you're taking in. Because so many breweries are like in Houston, we we're we're experiencing a, a huge boom. In the past ten years, we went from uh, three breweries and now we're at seventy two. So we're like. Yeah, that's a that's a big boom. <laughs> the, uh, and but there's a lot of them that are kind of industrial park. Uh, Type breweries and some, some, some that are. It's always par for the course, though. I yeah. think. Yeah, the rents are always cheaper. Yeah. yeah, I mean, New York City, we just don't have that because there's just not industrial parks in within the city limits. But when you get out to Long Island or you go upstate or Jersey, lot. there's definitely a lot that have mm-hmm. that. But there's there's definitely people that have made the most of the space. Like that 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 they shine more like more than the rest. Where like like if someone's coming to town what are the places you would go what would be on the list and it's mm-hmm. like it's like this place that place this place and for reasons of like it's great beer but also great ambiance it's part of that experience yeah another one which I forgot was Oxbow up in Maine so they have one in Portland but their OG one is um, it's further north I can't remember the name of the town right now that it's in but it's like it's close to an hour outside of Portland and it's just it's basically like a converted looking cabin in the woods and it's it's just it's it's phenomenal. It's just the only problem is you gotta have somebody sober with you to drive up there because yeah, it's yeah. in the it's in the cut and it like is. you know, you either have the choice of like drinking like two beers, chilling and then driving home when you're like making sure that you're good to go or you have to not drink it all and buy beers to go no, or you Oregon just bring a tent no 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 it's Portland Maine oh Portland, Portland Maine, Maine. Portland, never, Maine. Maine. Yeah, yeah. never mind yeah. I know you no, ain't, no, you see, ain't, you ain't camping really, out there in that winter really, 
fantastic, you know, to go from East Coast, West Coast, but no, you're still on the East Coast. No, no, no. I'm like, yeah, I've never been to, I've never been to Portland, Oregon, actually. It's, uh, there's a lot of, like, uh, things that are kind of tragic that I haven't done yet. In beer, I've done a lot of things, but there's just also a lot of, there's just a lot of places to go. You've been to Asheville? I have been to Asheville. Asheville is really cool. Burial's Tap Room is really good. They got really, they got really. The first time. I Sierra, that Sierra Nevada Tap Room there is one of my favorite places to go and to drink fresh Sierra on draft. Yeah. Oh my God, it's. I still put. Breaks uh, my heart leaving there. I stop there every time before I go to the airport, and I just don't want to leave. Sierra Nevada Pale Ale is still one of the best beers ever. So they do at the at the brewery. They do. The bottled version and the draft version. The draft version, because all, you know, all the bottles are bottle conditioned, so it changes the flavor profile of the beer. And they do just the draft version. It's amazing. I just, it's just, oh, man, it's, now I'm thinking about it. That's something I really missed. That, <laughs> that experience is crazy. I was fortunate. There's a there's brewery that used to. Drinking Beaches Radio right yo, now. Yo, right now I'm shedding. <laughs> I, there's a box of Puffs Ultra Soft on the counter, and I'm about to reach into them. No, it's, like, um, it's uh it's uh it's Disneyland is what it is. That's here in Nevada tap room. It is, it's crazy. I uh I had a fr- there's uh somebody I know that used to work out at Greenport Harbor out on Long Island. Uh, this guy DJ and he went down there to be a brewer and <laughs> he took me on the tour and I was just it's like <laughs> First of all, you have to walk from like one side of the building to the other yeah. side of the building, which is longer than this entire That's block like, that we're yeah, on right now. Blocks to yeah. go across. Um but yeah, it's just it's crazy how big their company is. It's it's also crazy like the work culture that they've created there. Um, I mean, I don't work there. I don't. I can't definitely say, but from what it seems like, from everybody I've spoken to that works there, and all the programs they have, their work culture is really amazing for the workers. Yeah. yeah, you know, you have you can always tell when people like don't leave places at all, or they're there for massive amounts of time. And you know, I saw him and. You know, I, I've seen him as a brewer for years. He's pretty rough around the edges a lot. When I saw him down there, he's, he's pretty chill. He's, he's our uh, our ex sales manager over at uh, our brewery. He, he's now the sales manager for the state of Texas for Sierra Nevada. I guess he couldn't be happier. Also, he's wearing a, a lot nicer clothing now. It's true. Swag is a they, lot. They get yeah. them. They get them like nice swag. They have like nice jackets, nice button downs. No, very nice jackets. Everything. It's beautiful. It's amazing. All right, let's take another break and uh, get some refills on some beers. We are hanging out at other half up in Brooklyn. This is Drink of Ages Radio Show. Everybody get another beer. We'll be right back. KS, alias. Pride Alliance family, salute my dogs. Fact the fiction, mass is missing. The world is leaving us. Vultures on this hip hop scene, they've been deceiving us. Worry what they see enough, the future is enough to blind our visual. Hey, good beer drinkers, this is John Denman from Drink of Ages Radio, inviting you out to Spindle Tap Brewery. Less than 15 minutes north of downtown, Spindle Tap is making some of the best beers around. IPAs, double IPAs, lagers, and stouts. Definitely gonna find your next favorite beer. Come out and be ready to play, though. Nine hole championship putt putt, basketball court, baseball and kickball field, disc golf or just kick back in the air-conditioned tap room. Great food, excellent beers, and a badass time. Check out Spindle Tap Brewery, Spindle Tap, that's T-A-P, SpindleTap.com. 
G'day sports fans, Sean from Platypus Brewing, located right here in Houston. We're very crafty here at Platypus Brewing, not your average brewery, but offering something for everyone and inviting you to join me for a few brews, some tasty grub, and very excited to announce our new liquor and craft cocktails with a full bar. Happy hour Tuesday to Friday, sports on the tellies, large covered patio, both family and dog friendly, 1902 Washington Avenue, just a stone's throw from downtown. Platypus Brewing, brewed with Texan heart and Australian soul. Platypus it's time to get on the highway to Hemp Vodka. Highway Vodka, Texas's first hemp-based vodka and black-owned distillery, is already on the highway to Houston's best vodka. Trust me, I make it. I'm Cody Fuller, the lead distiller of Highway Vodka. Our award-winning vodka is made out of three simple ingredients, hemp, corn, and water. We distill it six times, keeping only the hearts of the run, meaning no hangovers. You can find Highway in all the major liquor stores. Get on the highway and find out more info at highwayvodka.com. Yeah, Lord, tell me what a sinner I've been moving with snakes that pretend to be men. All right, we're back for the last segment of Drink of Ages radio show here on ESPN. John Denman, Tom Painter, Marathoner. Uh, sore. Sore. Very sore. <clears throat> well, you know, the good thing is that between the Advils and, and uh, these eight and a half. There are no half, Advils, John. There are only just beers. More just beers. beers. And, yeah. more, and these sessionable 7% and 8.5% beers. I mean, anything could be a sessionable beer. That's true. Depends on the session. I mean, when you drink stouts that are 15%, anything's a session IPA. Exactly. Know? Just remember, listeners, these are all lies that all three of them are telling you right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, sometimes, sometimes you don't have, like, the, the four hours of it hanging out. Sometimes you only have, like, 30 minutes. So, you know, to make the best of it, that's where 15% stouts come in. Absolutely. But, yeah, we're, we're here at Other Half, a brewery that... You know, we've talked about it before, but, like, yeah, John and I, we came here about two, three years ago. Yeah. And we immediately just kind of fell for it without, like, like fell in love with it without even knowing any of the, like, none of the history or anything. It was just kind of like, there's this other, like, immediately when we came here, it was just like, oh, okay. Like, then, like, it's one of those come back the next day. And then, then two weeks later, come back with, you know. Some friend, and then every time we've been here since, it's come back. And then the pandemic kind of put a, it was like a small break, but these guys took no breaks. No, apparently not. <laughs> Jarrah R- Ramirez no and Anthony Finley, they are our guests from other half. But yeah, I mean, pandemic, when there was a lot of kind of retraction, especially in the market and stuff, and and being able to how you operated and how you did different things, and you guys are like, no, we're going to open up four more places. Oh, it was. It was wild. I was here every day for pandemic. Um, we we started. We saw that the, what was happening in the city because the city, the city shut down first before I think many other cities. And uh, you know we were we were doing lines on Saturday. That if you've been to other half, you know how long the lines are on a Saturday. It goes around the three corners all the way down to Garnett, which is like. That's like a, a saying for all the beer mules in the, in on Facebook and all this stuff. You know, lines at Garnett. That means that the line is like around the around the block. Shout out to all the line life people. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> gotta love them. Yeah. So then uh, we had to um, we had to adapt and we started uh, doing home delivery, home shipping, and. Uh, and we started doing uh, curbside ordering, which... Uh, so you guys got into the logistics business. That's yeah. very good. And <laughs> shout, shout out to the brew staff, too. I was here every day, 
Every Didn't day. Didn't matter. Made the beer. Kept it going. Kept it pushing. We had to. Uh, every like you started seeing an influx on bikes because no one's taking the train no more. No one's taking an Uber because Uber's hiked up from being like nineteen dollars to get here to forty five dollars to get here, which is still they still remains the same price, which baffles me, but it's fine. <laughs> uh, Trust me, I know. Uh, <laughs> We've been Ubering around New York. Yeah, I Uber everywhere, days. which is crazy. Yeah. Well, uh, you got to pay $45 for two miles. Two miles. 2.3, bro. 2.3. That was wild. Um, but, yeah, so with the curbside, I think, uh, you know, we, we adapted well. Every, I believe our, our customers and our fans all loved the fact that we were doing curbside because now they don't have to wake up. I mean, generally, you still have to wake up early, but you don't have to wake up at 4 a.m. to make a line to get something at 10 a.m. in the morning. Uh, now, you know, you just wake up at like 9.30 and just wait online and basically um, just make sure that you're on the curbside option and ready to go at like 10 o'clock, which seems, yes. to, seems to work well for a lot of people now. And, uh, you know, it does... Uh, it does have its ups and downs, but it's more up than down right now. COVID definitely, I mean, we've talked to a lot of breweries and like all the challenges people kind of took on during COVID, like there were some good things that came out of it, like like, like to go ordering and like online or like yeah. some that to stay, right? Like because it's like, eh, it works, you know? Some so. of it, yeah. I mean, it was, we were very fortunate in New York, all the breweries in New York, whether they were self-destroying, or um, breweries were able to do delivery through Caviar, through DoorDash, through everything. They kind of freed that up. The bars as well were allowed to have liquor delivered. They switched to bars being able to sell bottles of wine and sell bottles of liquor and sell bottled cocktails. Um, eventually, as things started to change, the, those, uh, those power hands and the distrib- distributors uh, definitely pushed the button on a lot of the politicians to get rid of that, and they got rid of it, like, Did immediately. They really? Yeah. Oh, no. So, like, breweries are still have a little bit more leniency with it because it doesn't affect them as much. Like I said, for people like AB InBev, it doesn't, but for, like, some of the distributors for liquor and wine, their huge liquor accounts are pissed that, like, people don't have to go to a liquor store to get liquor they were going to their local bar and being able to just like buy a bottle of Rittenhouse or buy a bottle of of gin or buy a bottle of something else and they already had a better relationship with them and so they definitely were a little uh, a little pissed mean, about you it. You can see it you know understand all sides but at the end it's just kind of like what what makes the most sense and having having leave these that laws. Shit, that, leave that shit open like let everybody yeah, do, yeah, leave do it. it. Open. And, and, and then the market will adjust. People still go into liquor stores. I'm, I, I, I don't, I, you know, if it affected their sales 1% or 2%, I don't care. Yeah, and I yeah. don't think liquor it did. Liquor stores are going to be all I don't right. think it did more, much more than that. In my opinion, I mean, I, I, I can't say definitely on the numbers, but people still go into liquor stores. I still saw them lines at them liquor stores. So. Yeah, yeah. No, but and just, just having that other avenue as a business owner that allows you to, to sell another way. Yeah, they did it kind of shittily, too. They didn't really give forewarning, so people had, like, stocked up, and then they just... it was There was no discussion about it. There was no... 
with a lot of other things. We were like, all right, well, you have three months to sell through everything. No, they were like, in a week, we're shutting this down. Shutting it, yeah. And so people had orders that they couldn't cancel coming in for cases of wine, cases of booze, uh, plastic cups, to-go cups, all the stuff that they had and just had to had to eat it. Oof. So, Yeah, that, that's not a big fan of our governor, uh, but that is one thing that he did absolutely. Like, he was like, yep, liquor to go. It's, we're going to keep that. So that part, or just like yes. being able to sell to go. That thing he did was okay. <laughs> I don't think I don't think anybody's governors do the right thing for them. But yeah, that's besides yeah. that's besides the point. Uh, but yeah, that that's one that um, uh, definitely was was good. Uh, like marijuana, marijuana became legal in New York. It's decriminalized. It's me- medically legal right now. They're still like they just they just allowed for you to purchase flour at at medical marijuana places, but that's like limited, and they're still like bullshit with it. So we're getting there slowly. Said they did decriminalize it, so you could smoke a L and not get not go to jail. They'll just right, give you a right. ticket for well, it. There's now, like weed trucks outside, like weed mobile. Yeah, 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 for sure. The they, I mean, like so. From the perspective of the uh, the the guy that hasn't been here since right before COVID, it's like no, you can smoke weed outside. You just can't smoke weed anywhere that you can't smoke. So that's like the, that's the loophole where they get you on tickets. Like I would, gotcha. yeah. It's like if there's no smoking in a public park and you're smoking in a park, you're getting a ticket for smoking, not for smoking weed. But like, so the New York is like a completely different place. I mean, it was like yeah. I was at Scrimmage. I was like, I was like, it's like. So I came here a day before everyone else came, uh, trying to get prepped for this run. And I was like, uh, yeah, so basically New York, uh, everyone's like, there's a, a lot of people are smoking weed now. Yeah. And uh, also, uh, there's a lot more, like, these patio extensions. They're oh, like, yeah, 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 that's, that's like, here like, to stay. The <laughs> like, DOT's like, been trying to get rid of parking for a long time in the city. And trying to keep people from bringing their cars like into the city, city. so <laughs> they they're letting all that rock. With the court, sure. with the court, like eighteen months, like yeah. it's completely the landscape, like the way you see and the way you smell. It's kind of it's kind of different. It's kind of yeah. dope though. I kind of enjoy it. No, no, I yeah, like it. I mean, it's good for the restaurants and then the bars because now all of a sudden they have this outdoor area. I, I like sitting outside too, like. <laughs> So bro, you like sitting outside when it's 10 degrees? Bro, I'm not that talking about personal. when it's 10 degrees, my guy. <laughs> hey, this weekend, this weekend, the last weekend was pretty perfect, though. Bro, I mean, this shit's weird. It's about to jump back up to, like, 70 degrees can't wait. Yeah. this week. Can't wait. Can't <laughs> wait. I mean, you can't live in New York and be like, man, I love summer and, and warm temperatures because it's New York. We get all four seasons here, which is pretty good. You do? Nah, you, yeah, your leaves have colors. We, we'll get all four summer seasons. Gets, summer, gets, summer, gets wild, summer gets wild here, though. It's like... 95 to 100 and humid as hell. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it's, it's like, weird. People die in New York. It's sticky. It's like, like sticky, you know what I mean? Degrees. Like, like you like change, like, you got to bring, like, backup T-shirts for, like, the day. Yeah, we, we live in Houston. It's a little I humid. I mean, yeah, y'all, 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 y'all hot. About, <laughs> hot. It's hot as hell. You were talking about, uh, like, how different New York is and everything. Like, so you have you been to restaurants yet? Yeah. Yeah, so they, they like... Now it's, you gotta be fully vaxxed to get inside. Oh, yeah, show the card. Yeah, to be inside. So, so we're they, kind of, we're, I mean, we're, we're, Texas is kind of like Florida. I mean, like where we're, it, we've been Wild Wild West for like for a little bit. Just kind of our, our governor was like, it's like free for all, like like go crazy. But you know, we've gone to other places. We've gone to Hawaii, and I, I was in Kansas like a few weeks back, and everyone everyone has their different like 
we're just gonna do mass and we're gonna do or or we're gonna do tests or we're gonna but like I actually prefer the whole get as long as you're vaccinated, go crazy. Yeah. Like, I said I I went to uh talking about beautiful breweries, I went to check out uh Schillen a few weeks back for their Oktoberfest. Schillen's up in New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Schillen. That's yeah, such great beers. They also make traditional beers too. Um, but you know, New Hampshire's a live free or die state. So then, but then I go in there and they want to get vaccinated, but they don't have enough sites for vaccinations up there, which is pretty weird. That is but that, weird. But then they're like, uh, what they were saying is that they they have signs on the door that says uh, must wear mask unless vaccinated. Like. That's all they have as a sign. They don't ask you for any requirements or anything. And I think New York City, uh, now we're mandating all that stuff. And now even in schools, too, which is pretty, it's pretty good, I think. I think, like, you know, we're getting to a point now that our numbers are super low right now. Yeah. Well, I think it's just a different thing that happened, right, with COVID. Whereas, like, in Houston... You know, it was like, oh, no, COVID's happening. But it wasn't near the impact that it had up here where you have, like, ambulances rolling down the street and all the the, the, the cooler vans and all that stuff that you guys had up here in New York. Oh, they that's were, like, they that, were that, tractor that, trailers. Yeah. Cooler that, tractor trailers packed with bodies. That straight up uh, messes with your mind. Yeah, there were yeah. four outside of a hospital, like, close to where me and him live. That's crazy. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. They, they did the same thing they did during the last plague. Where they had the uh, they had to bury the bodies out on Hart Island as a temporary burial because they didn't have any place to put them and they couldn't put them in the free they didn't have enough freezers to put them so they buried them. Yeah. So when when you know people listen to the show they're like oh we have to show, show a vaccination card in New York they're like, oh I'm not going up there we had to show it's like no 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 trust me it's it's a whole different animal that happened here than happened at other places. Well you know we were talking about this uh, before it's like the flip the the flip of things. Because, you know, in, like, in, in New York, we were talking to some people. It's like, it's like, oh, you're from Texas. You didn't bring any guns with you, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> it's like, ah, eh, you shouldn't be afraid of guns. I mean, or much like people in Texas shouldn't be afraid of a joint, right? If you bring a joint to Texas, it'd be like, oh! <laughs> you know what that leads to? <laughs> wow. But meanwhile, I mean, if you have, was, like, an AK, yeah. like an assault yeah. rifle, oh, perfectly safe. I've got my nine-year-old kid shooting an AK. <laughs> yeah, just part of it. It's it's just like, Anthony loves that. No comment. <laughs> it's, just, it's just like... It's just amazing how things are like. But one of the reasons that, that John and I have a, a loving disdain for our, for our governor is like when he was when he was doing his COVID reopening uh, strategy, yeah, as it were. He would like like at one point he like he was reopening restaurants, but then he was like, no, breweries have to re- remain closed. And and the tubing industry, river people that tube down the river near you, you can't you can't float down the river. Can't float down the river. Breweries. You can, wait, you cannot float. He, down he, the he river. was like he he's doing very like restaurants can be open, breweries have to be closed. This has to be open, and it was very like what, what the hell? It made no this sense. Is, this is why I said every governor, <laughs> every <laughs> governor, every state, just not in touch with reality. Trash. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Oh, politicians no, in general. Wow. And, yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and then eventually one, it was like, 100%. well, if, you have a re- if a brewery has a f- has a restaurant, then it could be open, because the only way to defeat COVID is to have a 
food. Have food in front of you. Yeah, yeah. We had had a lot of places that had peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, just peanut butter sandwiches, and then also um, cheese cheese sandwiches. sandwiches. Cheese Cheese. sandwiches. Shout out to everybody with the cheese sandwiches. Just a little mayo cheese sandwich. Yeah. Hey, you can be open. That, that, that stops COVID. But no, just, straight, wings, just straight cheese chicken and bread. Chicken wings wasn't Nothing considered um, um, a food item for in the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah, and then, they, and then they played the chip. And, they, and then they yeah. played the chip. They played the, they played the chip game, which is my favorite. Like at first, certain chips were good, and then it had to be pretzels, not like <laughs> Doritos, and then like all this, all this, all these weird things. It was. It's comical. Nuts, nuts were not good, and then they were good. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. You can listen to any of the old shows sponsored by No Label Brewing Company by going to SoundCloud iTunes, Amazon, I don't know, all kind of places. All that, all that stuff. All the good spots. And uh, next week, we will be back in Houston. And so, where will we? you say? Will we? I don't know. Oh, wait. I'm going to be in Arizona. We'll wow. figure it out. See you all guys right. next week. See everybody next week.